You're listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. The views and opinions shared on this program don't necessarily reflect those of Citywide Home Loans. Citywide Home Loans, LLC, NMLS 67180. David Hosterman, NMLS 220562. Jonathan Edwards, NMLS 671258. Equal housing lender. Regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any time. Not all that apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. Good morning and welcome to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. I'm Jonathan Edwards with the Hosterman team here at Citywide Home Loans. In this studio this morning, we have our MVP guest host, Rick Culp with Brokers Guild Real Estate. This is the show that brings you today's most relevant real estate insights and experiences from the industry's most dedicated players. On the show again this week, we have the great Rick Culp, training and mentoring director with Brokers Guild Real Estate. Rick is a very experienced agent with a lot of great insights from his many years in real estate. Today, we'll be talking about ways you can navigate through this crazy real estate market here in Colorado. We also discuss the importance of educating and mentorship in real estate. Stay tuned for Denver's hottest listings. And a quick note that Citywide Home Loans and Brokers Guild Real Estate are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other participant. Rick Kalb, thanks so much for being on the show again today. Rick, how are you? Great, John. Thanks for having me. Hey, always, Rick. And you've been on the show a few times now. You're a huge supporter of the MVP Real Estate Mortgage Report. Uh, thanks, as always, Rick. Um, you know, let's dive right in. Let's talk with our audience this morning about how you know how long have you been here in Colorado and how long have you been doing real estate well i've been in the denver metro area for about 34 years and i've been doing real estate for 27 of those 34 years. So not a native, but after being here that long, I, I kind of feel like one now. I bet you do. So Rick, you've been in real estate for years. Walk us through sort of a brief history of Rick Culp and real estate. So when I got in the market, um, of course, we didn't have nearly as many brokers as we have now. The market was good. Interest rates were probably around 8%. Of course, that that seems high compared to where rates have been for several years now. But the market was good. I jumped in. I had a corporate background. Um, started selling real estate and just um, took off. I think my second year in the business, I sold 48 houses. My third year, I did about 65 transactions. So, of course, the market was a little bit different. Didn't have as much competition from other brokers, but it it just kind of took off. My corporate background, I think, helped, and I just kind of um, continued to grow in the real estate industry. And uh, here I am uh, 27 years later. Incredible, Rick. And and you've done an incredible job along the way, which is uh, sort of how you landed in your current position with Brokers Guild Real Estate as the uh, training and mentoring director. And we'll talk a little bit more about that role. Um, but I wanted to kind of jump backwards for a second to something you had mentioned there with interest rates at 8%. You know, we've seen interest rates rise probably about a point since our all-time low, our all-time low being, you know, sort of in the midst of COVID, right, with a lot of uncertainty and stuff like that. I think there's some more certainty in the marketplace and rates are reflecting that by going back up a little bit. But you got to think 8%. I mean, right now, even if you had a rate at 4%, that's still incredible. It's a great rate. I think people have 
gotten really spoiled and used to these really low interest rates. But when rates were 8%, um, people were buying houses and happy to get them. So if you're a buyer out there or considering buying a home, selling a home, buying a home, uh, I wouldn't let these rate little rate hike uh, discourage anybody. They're still excellent rates. Um, you know, we may not – I don't know if we're going to see rates sub threes anytime soon again. But even at 4%, that's that's an excellent rate. Well, and, and I've worked with agents that have been in the business even longer than you, Rick, which is hard to imagine. But, you know, 40, 50 years, they can remember a time when interest rates were 16%. They were back when we had the huge oil crash in our country. Back, I think that was 80s, late 80s. Late 70s, early 80s, 80s maybe. They, they, their rates were double-digit, high double-digit interest and people were buying homes then. Isn't that crazy? So, and I think sort of the moral of the point or moral of the story here is that, yeah, I mean, as rates begin to get back into the high threes, maybe we even get into the low fours at some point, uh, even into the fives. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you have to look at things in in perspective. And, and historically, these are still incredibly low interest rates. And this is still a really good time to take advantage of purchasing a home, at least from an interest rate standpoint. Now you've got values that are high and stuff like that. Rick, you could probably make an argument that this could be um, could be a tough time to buy a home because values have risen so much. But maybe the other side of that is that values are likely to continue to increase, you know, theoretically based on history, that the values will probably continue to increase. Are we going to see a correction? We might. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Rick? I feel like we will see a correction. I mean, typically, the real estate market runs in seven-year cycles. And when we had the crash back in 07, 08, it was a seven, eight-year cycle. And then we saw the market really kind of stagnant for a few years. Then it started picking up. Uh, 2014, 2015, and here we are seven years later. We're kind of due, and as high as prices have escalated, escalated, I've got to feel like at some point we will see some kind of a correction. Well, this is a great prelude into our uh, our show for today, Rick. So we'll go ahead and dive right in and first first talk about what you are seeing and experiencing firsthand with the Colorado real estate market. The reason why we put this show together and that we love it so much is because we're able to have real estate agents that are boots on the ground come on the show and talk about what they're seeing. I think that gives us a unique perspective. So to state the obvious, we have seen values in home prices rising at incredible levels over the last couple of years. Would you agree with that, Rick? Uh, Absolutely. And it's all just tied directly to our shortage of inventory. And that has not improved. We, I think a lot of people thought post-COVID that we would see things kind of come come up, inventory creep up a little bit, interest rates would come up a little bit, get more back to a normal market. That has not happened as we've come into the early part of 2022. Inventory is still extremely low. A couple of examples. As you know, I work with agents in our office helping them. One agent I was helping, um, he had shown a house over in the um, um, Stapleton area, which is now called Central Park. And he showed it Saturday before last. It was a $525,000 townhome. He wrote an offer. The first day on the market, there were 68 showings on that property. Six, Good Lord. That is unprecedented. Another broker I was helping that weekend 
wrote an offer on a home in Aurora that was priced at 500000 and Saturday and Sunday there were 96 showings. So, <laughs> so I, and, and wow. in my 27 years, I've just not seen this. And so our inventory is kind of critically low right now. However, like I said, we will come into spring. Rates have come up a little bit. Uh, we anticipate interest uh, our inventory levels increasing. So if you're a buyer, don't get discouraged because the people are still getting under contract and there will be some opportunities out there. So Rick, let's walk back in time a little bit here. If we go back to the early 2000s, before the housing crisis, we saw values rising at sort of staggering levels, maybe even more so than what we're seeing today. Um, we're seeing some pretty incredible increases, but we saw them even potentially even faster. Then we all know what happened in 2008 uh, when the demand for homes dropped, mortgage foreclosures rose, right? Then in 2010, we start to see people dipping their toes back into real estate again, right? There was that almost that two-year period where everybody was so scared of real estate that almost nobody was buying anything at all. So since 2012, 2010, 2012, we've seen steadily increasing home values, which you would think would have cooled down. To your point, typically we see seven, maybe 10-year cycles for real estate. We really haven't seen that yet. But what we have seen instead is over the course of the last couple of years, we've seen significant increase in values where we were at like 10% or so. Now it seems we're at like 15 or 20% a year. Is that what you're seeing out there as well, Rick? Yeah, I think this market is different. If you go back... Back uh, prior to the crash of 07 and 08, there was plenty of inventory. So what was driving those prices up? And there were about a lot of bad loan programs out there. There were stated income loans, no document loans. Um, Countrywide had a program called Fast and Easy. If you had a 720 FICO score, you were automatically approved with no paperwork to get a loan. So that boom in pricing was mortgage-driven, okay? Almost artificially driven. Yeah, Would you agree? because there was no shortage of inventory. So what was right. driving that price? Right. Now we have a different deal. We have, we have good, stable mortgages being offered out out there where people actually have to qualify uh, properly. And so basically, this this price increase is more driven and predicated by inventory. I like so supply and demand at the end of the day, right? Yeah, that's kind of supply what and demand is what we're looking at today. And we don't have a lot of supply. But here in Colorado, Rick, what we do have is demand. And, uh, and, and a lot of people are moving here to the Colorado area. This is an attractive place for people to live. It's an attractive place for people to live that like pretty good weather. Weather. I mean, it's sunny here, and I'm not kidding you. I'm from upstate New York. It is sunny here at least 300 days a year. Where where I'm from in Syracuse, it's like cloudy 300 days a year. So when I moved here for the first couple months, I was like, man, can somebody turn the sun off? It is very sunny here. The weather's pretty favorable. This morning might be a little bit of an exception, waking up to those negative temperatures and some snow on the ground. But ultimately, great weather that we have here. There's a lot of vibrancy and job opportunities here in the Denver metro area. Boulder is a great hub for tech and stuff like that. So there's jobs that are being created. People are moving here from all over the country. Great weather, attractive place. You know, there's a lot of activities. And I think, Rick, that's attractive to a lot of younger kids from around the country. They want to come out here and they want to run in their races around Boulder and they want to do, uh, they want to ski in the mountains and all of the 
outdoor activities that we have here in Colorado, I think is also very attractive. And, and I mean, geographically, we're pretty centrally located, right? We are. You know, um, Denver is a hub to a large millennial population. And the millennials will be driving this market for the next 20 years. And right now, I think the demographic for millennials age-wise is – 25, 26, up to early 40s. That is going to be the the driving force in the market. I'm a boomer. We had a tremendous impact on the real estate market for many years. And Colorado is traditionally, I I look at a lot of um, charts and, 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 and online reports, and we are typically in the top two or three uh, for um, recreation, we have an extremely low obesity rate here in Colorado, very healthy state, a lot of activities. And, and, and we've always had a large influx of people coming in from California. We're now seeing an influx of people from, from the, the Midwest, uh, Chicago, New York, and, and the East Coast, New York, coming in as well. Um, we're a technology hub. We're not a manufacturing hub. As you know, technology is not going anywhere but up. And we are a large hub. We have, uh, as you mentioned earlier, up by Boulder, there's uh, a, a large technology sector here in the Denver Tech Center. So I think we are a very solid um, economy as we move forward. Great place to live. Rick, you you had mentioned earlier on about boomers, that you're a baby boomer and that you had an effect on the uh, on the housing market there for a long time. And now it's more the millennial generation that's having that impact. Talk to me about boomers. I, obviously, that's your age group. What are you what are you seeing from those that are of the same age of, as you from a housing standpoint? Are, are Is the empty nester thing happening? Are people actually beginning to downsize? Are they moving to more? more geographically places that are maybe warmer. What are you seeing within your uh, kind of age group there? Pretty much a couple of things are happening. Um, yes, um, boomers are empty nesters. I see them typically downsizing, preferably into a ranch-style home, getting away from the more traditional two-story home. Uh, and also seeing baby boomers buying second homes. Um, typically what I see for a second home purchase uh, for people in Denver, a, boom, a lot of boomers are going to Arizona is fairly typical. Uh, and then we also have boomers that Texas is a pretty hot market. Florida has always been hot. Florida has been more East Coast driven. Arizona has been more West Coast driven. Yep, uh, I would agree. So I typically see uh, boomers uh, getting that second home. Uh, and, and, and a lot of them have maintained their home here and gone up to the mountains and got a, a mountain home, you know, yep. now that they've got that opportunity. So that's kind of what I've seen with the with the boomers. Excellent, excellent. Inventory just is not at the level needed to meet the demand. So a lot of people are being priced out of the market. Up next, we're going to talk about some strategies to overcome some of these inventory hurdles. You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Radio 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com. For mortgage questions and information, call us at 303 three nine two one five seven four seven. 
If you would like to get in touch with Rick Culp to discuss buying or selling your next home, he can be reached at 303-995-4788. All right, Rick, so this is the part of our show where we uh, we announce any hot listings that have come our way recently. And I'll tell you what, Rick, any listing is a hot listing right now. Would you agree? Oh, I would totally agree with that. <laughs> well, we've got one this week here, and this is hot on the market here. This one is Ted Christensen, and uh, Ted is with Brokers Guild Homes. And this one is located at 1313 Steel Street, Unit 605 in Denver. It's listed at 312000 This has got 718,000 square foot. It's a beautiful condo with one bedroom, one bathroom. And this, again, is in the uh, Denver area. And uh, not... Not a lot of not only single family residences that were that are hard to find, but the condos are hard to find as well. This one has incredible views. It's got great security, convenience. Are a few of just a number of the condominium features here for this one. If you'd like some more information on this beautiful condo that Ted Christensen with Brokers Guild Homes has offered, reach out to Ted at seven two zero two nine five eight three three three. All right, Rick, let's kick off the second half here. Great information so far. Let's talk about some strategies that are out there that buyers and their agents can use to help get under contract. This is a huge issue right now, especially here in the Denver area. Uh, and for first-time home buyers, I would say, especially those that maybe haven't been through the process before, probably don't have as much money to utilize for the down payment. Uh, there are some strategies out there, and that's where, Rick, your, your position at Brokers Guild Real Estate as their you know director of training and mentoring. This is where you're really helping your agents to, to, to hone in on these skills and help get their clients under contract. With increased home prices and increased interest rates, we have a recipe where many people are starting to get priced out of the market. Rick, you and I have talked about this quite a bit in the past. What about down payment assistance programs and first-time home buyer programs? Um, obviously, that's a great option for someone that um, maybe they have good credit, they don't have a lot of cash, they're trying to figure out, well, gosh, if I don't have a lot of cash, how do I get into a property? And um, Citywide uh, and John's team, they do offer the down payment assistance programs. They have some. Chaffa is a big one. Here's the local Colorado program where you can get into um, a home for, what, John, as little as maybe $1,000 or so. Uh, you may need some closing costs on that. Uh, Aurora has an affordable – and there's affordable housing now. Um, there are affordable housing neighborhoods popping up all over the metro area. And the way affordable housing works, it, you have to be approved for it, but it allows you to go into an area of the town where the homes in this affordable housing area are priced significantly below the market. So you can go in and below and, and buy below market value. When you sell it, it will be sold below market value as well so that the next buyer can keep that, that property in the affordable housing program. And there's some qualification, income, and so forth with that. But there are programs out there that, that are available for buyers that don't necessarily have a lot of cash. And Rick, I'm so glad that you brought up the affordable housing programs. And and it seems like just about every uh, county or city out there has a program similar to an affordable housing, including Denver and Boulder and Aurora. Those are some that we've worked with in the past. These are 
excellent, excellent programs. When, when you live in an area where va- home values are rising at such a rate like they have here, and I'm not just talking the last couple of years. I mean, Colorado home values, Rick, have been increasing at a pretty steady rate for, I don't know, 40 years, 30, 40 years, people have been moving out here. Um, and so really the word got out a long time ago. The problem is that some people get left out of that housing market. People that genuinely want to purchase homes, hardworking, full-time workers that are just coming up short. But these affordable housing programs are excellent ways for these folks to be able to get into a home. And if you'd like, reach out to us. Um, Dave Hosterman, our regional manager and uh, head of the Hosterman team here at Citywide Home Loan. He built his business working with down payment assistance programs and helping folks to get into their homes. So certainly reach out to us at 303-921-5747 if you'd like some more information on not only the affordable housing, but down payment assistance programs. Now, to shift gears just just a touch here, Rick, um, a couple of the down payment assistance programs that are out there, a couple of the more popular ones would be the Chaffa program, Colorado Housing Finance Association, or Authority, I think it is, um, and then the Metro DPA program. These have been incredible tools for clients to use and and take advantage of if you don't have that much money set aside. And maybe you do have money set aside, but you don't want to use every dollar that you have to purchase a home because inevitably something's going to break down the road. You might need to move into the new house. You might want to decorate it, right? You don't want to use every dollar that you have on this new home purchase. These are great programs that you can utilize for that purpose. And, mo- and I shouldn't say most, but not all of these programs require you to be a first-time home buyer specifically to take advantage of them. So keep that in mind. If you have owned a home in the last three years, but you are in a situation where you think you could take advantage of a down payment assistance program, certainly let us know. And in general, the way that these programs are work is they're going to give you some money to use towards the down payment, possibly towards the closing costs as well. Uh, you might have a little bit higher interest rate, a little bit higher closing costs up front, but you got to understand that when you have less money in the game from a lending standpoint, it's a little bit riskier for the lender. And so there's a little bit more there in terms of costs, but certainly a great way to help purchase that next home or your first home even uh, for sure. Considering purchasing a new build, Rick, now I'm going to shift gears a little bit here again. New builds are just sort of the logical next step here, are they not? I mean, when inventory levels are as low as they are, wouldn't we naturally look to new builds as an option and a way out of this mess? Yes, and I think most of the new home builders are absolutely uh, digging as much dirt as they can right now. One of the things that could be appealing to someone to buy a new home is, you know, one of the problems we've had are people that I've talked to will say, Rick, I'd like to buy a place, but I, you know, I have to sell my home and I'm afraid to put my home on the market because I'm afraid I can't find anything. Well, most of the new home builders, I, I know that some of them will take a contingency on your home and give you some time to sell your home because the new home may not be ready for four, five, six, eight months down the road. So that's an option for someone that's like, well, gosh, I need to sell a home. Well, go, go contact contract on a new construction and then put your home on the market and and, and based on the builder's um, specifications and timeframes, that might be an option for you. 
Absolutely. I, I, and I think that's great advice there, Rick. I, I think that realistically, new builds are really going to be the way that a lot of people are going to have to look if you want to purchase a new home, whether it's your first home or your next home, it doesn't really matter. Selling a home right now is not really a problem. It's buying that next home and new builds can be a very good option. Now, what I will say is a little bit of a warning out there. I do recommend that if you're going to go look at new build properties, that you bring your real estate agent with you um, so that you have somebody there that is that that has your back that can walk you through the process and understands what it looks like as opposed to maybe just diving in and having the builder side uh, talk with you about everything I think having a representative there is is a really important would you agree with me on that Rick I would I, I've over the years in my real estate career I've had buyers that would say Rick you know, I'm thinking about buying a new home. Why should I get a realtor involved? So here's the difference between buying a new home and a resale home. When you buy a resale home, we use the Colorado real estate contract. And that contract has a lot of built-in contingencies and protections to protect the buyer. However, when you buy from a builder, they are a for sale by owner. They do not use our Colorado contract. They use their own contract, and their contract is built in to protect them as Yeah, who puts their contract together, right? They do. And so you need a broker there to read that contract, to look through that contract to make sure that you're protected. And the most of the builders, to my knowledge, do not offer any kind of a discount for you to come in without a broker. Whether you use a broker or you don't, your cost on that new home is still the same. So I would definitely recommend that you get a broker involved, uh, let them look at the builder contract. There's a lot of addendums that go in there, upgrades that they can counsel you on, and get that, get that knowledge of your broker. Uh, absolutely right, Rick. And I think that's great advice for everybody out there that's considering a new build. Definitely a good option, uh, but make sure you're representing yourself when you go in there. So another uh, another strategy here, if you're trying to find a home in and around the Denver metro area, if you're willing to move a little bit further outside of town, Rick, you've got a better chance of finding something, don't you? Probably so. Um or does that not even apply anymore? Are we so everything's so going, crazy uh, every, right every, now every, that every, even Bennett is is going to have competition? Yeah, we have the outlying areas out east. We have Watkins, Bennett, and those towns that have grown. Uh, Brighton was another area that used to be uh, an area you could go. Where Brighton, you, it's, it, it it's, is. It's exploding. Yeah, it um, is exploding. And That's then, of right. course, if you go up north all the way from I-25 all the way north, uh, all the way up as you're headed towards Loveland, there's been tremendous growth up Absolutely. that way. So our entire metro area is, has grown uh, Stapleton all out around the airport. Yeah. There's a lot of growth. Uh, the new Gaylord project, there's a lot of growth out there. So um, there's, you know, it, it's, it's just a uh, it's just a fact that our average price point has, has gone, grown significantly as a result. And so that applies even outside of town now, huh? It does. Now, yeah. there are some buyers that were going down to Colorado Springs, especially people that would work in South Metro in the Denver, but Texas. But even Colorado Springs has gotten a little bit crazy, hasn't it? One of the hottest it? markets in the, 
the country. It has been. Their prices have gone up there not as high as we are. So if you are working in the Denver Tech Center or South Metro and you're commuting, you could commute down to the Springs. It's yeah. not a bad commute. A lot of construction along yeah. I-25. It's a, a nice, nice drive down there. That's a market and, and not to be pushing their market because our brokers can go down there and work that market with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so one other strategy here that I wanted to talk about and one that's not thought about all that much is you may want to consider adding a co-signer to your loan. If you do apply with a lender and uh, and your approval amount or pre-approval amount, I should say, is not as high as you think it needs to be to, to purchase a home within your own parameters, consider adding a co-signer. And a co-signer does not have to be somebody necessarily that lives in the in the property with you. Um, there are programs that will require that, but there's others that don't. So for instance, I'm from Syracuse, New York. If I were moving out here and wanted to purchase a home and I couldn't afford to on my own, I could ask my dad back in Syracuse, New York, hey dad, can you help me buy a house? He didn't. He doesn't intend to live there, but he could co-sign with me for the purposes of, of approval and stuff like that for the loan. So that's something that you do want to con- consider as well. Uh, Rick, some great strategies here on how to help you know, those buyers to find a home and, and look at some other resources. Uh, you are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Radio 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com. For mortgage questions, give us a call at 303-921-5747. If you would like to get in touch with Rick Kalp to discuss buying or selling your next home, he can be reached at 303 995 Eight, eight. Rick, excellent show today. We love having you on. You've got years and years of great experience. Uh, love your new role. While it's not so new anymore over there at Brokers Guild Real Estate as their training and mentoring uh, director. Any last uh, words for our audience? Any last thoughts on, on folks looking to purchase or sell a home right now? I would say reach out to a broker, someone that you know, um, talk about the market. Um, and you, you hear a lot of things, okay? Sometimes we hear uh, TV, we hear radio, we hear people talking about the market. Call somebody that's been in the market for a while, ask them for their expertise, and just let me say that most brokers, we aren't going to try to just sell you something that you don't need. We will be honest with you, we'll talk to you about the market, about the trends, and give you a a, a possibly a better perspective. So, yeah, reach out to your broker that you've worked with in the past uh, and get, get, get an inside track on what's really going on in the market. And we're the difference that I've noticed is we feel the market when there's a shift immediately, but um, the consumer doesn't always see the shift at the same time that we do. So thanks for having me on the show, John. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Rick. As always, and again, if you'd like to get in touch with Rick Kalb, give him a call at 303 Thank you for tuning in to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. If you have a question about financing your next home or refinancing a current mortgage, give us a call at 303-921-5747. Thanks so much for joining us today.